Hi, I'm James Wedmore, host of the Mind Your Business podcast, and I've built an eight-figure year company selling digital products around my knowledge and expertise. In fact, this is what I've been doing in multiple niches for the past 15 years. And if you've ever wanted to do the same, or maybe you're trying, but you can't seem to get any traction, here's how I can help. As you can guess, you need an audience if you want to sell your stuff, right? But what if I told you that you don't need a big audience. You don't need millions of followers to get started. In fact, we see that it's with just your first 100 leads where you really start getting some momentum. I mean, think about it. Imagine that you're on the stage of a room filled with just 100 people in that audience right now. That's a lot of people. You don't think that a few of them would walk up to you after your talk and ask, hey, how can I keep working with you? Of course they would. And that's why I created your first 100 leads. It's a 14-video step-by-step training mini course that walks you through exactly how to get your first 100 leads fast. And the feedback and results from this free program have been amazing. Diane Shepard said, this is one of the best trainings I've ever taken. Jake Curry said, We have had 753 people sign up for this free training. Are you kidding me? Dan Netting said, I'm currently going through the first 100 leads training, and James, I gotta say, it's brilliant. This training is A to Z complete, and the best part is it's absolutely free. To register, simply click the link in the show notes of this episode. Thanks so much, and I'll see you there. Welcome back to the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast. This is another mini-sode, and today I'm gonna be talking about sales tax automation for e-commerce businesses. You're listening to a bonus mini-sode on the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast. I have an audience question. One of my fellow bookkeepers has asked, One of my fellow bookkeepers has taken a lot of my courses, including the sales tax and e-commerce courses, and I will link to those below uh, or in the show notes. She says, I'm working with more e-commerce clients and have had a few questions. I was curious if you had a sales tax tracking and filing software preference or recommendation, and do you mainly use Avalara, TaxJar, Quaderno, or another or some combination of these? Do you automate the filings with any of those, or do you use them for tracking and then file the returns yourself? And do you do the state registrations yourself? I have a client that is hitting thresholds in multiple states. Many of them are streamlined sales tax states, I'll get to in a moment. And I want to get the system set up well from the beginning. Thank you for all that you do and any guidance you can provide. Well, thank you so much for submitting your question. This is a really good one. I get a lot of questions about sales tax and e-commerce. So let's jump in. Your first question was, do I have a sales tax tracking and filing software preference or recommendation? And the answer is yes. For our clients, we use TaxJar, and that is mainly because most of our clients that are on e-commerce are also on Shopify, and we are able to integrate TaxJar with Shopify so things are calculated correctly. It also is important to understand what level of Shopify your clients are on so that you can make sure all the settings in the tax settings are set up correctly, and also that things are being pushed over to TaxJar as well. So it depends on the level of Shopify they're on, whether it's actually directly integrated with TaxJar and TaxJar is, is calculating the sales tax in the shop at the checkout, 
or if you are setting up the tax rates in Shopify and then that information is being pushed over to TaxJar and then filed. So it's, it's important for you to understand your specific workflows with your clients. They all might be a little bit different, but what we do is we set up our clients on TaxJar. Most of our clients are on a version of Shopify where we actually have to go into the tax settings and set up anytime they hit a threshold in a certain jurisdiction, we have to turn that on for collecting sales tax and all that good stuff. And then it pushes everything. It's integrated with TaxJar. So the information is sent over to TaxJar and we try to make sure that every state is set up on auto file within TaxJar. So we will actually, to answer one of your other questions, we actually set up the sales tax registrations for our clients. We don't pay for someone else to do it or anything. We handle it ourselves. That way we have control of all the logins and all the setups. And we share the login information with clients. Every state is a little bit different. Some states allow you to have an accountant login. Some states don't. So we just try to keep really good track of all the logins. We use one password for that. And we share all of the information with our clients so that they have access to those things. And if we ever part ways... A couple of our clients, we will have to go into the state websites and change login information or at least share it with the client and let them change it. That might be a little bit of work to do, but that is how we do handle that. We handle this, this the registrations ourselves. I will say a couple years ago, actually, it's probably been like three or four years by now, we brought on an e-commerce client that we still have and we had done a big sales tax analysis for them and they had already hit thresholds in multiple states. I want to say maybe eight states by that time and hadn't set up sales tax yet. So what we did is for the states that were part of the streamlined sales tax thing, I don't know <laughs> what to call that. We did use that to set up those states. And then each other individual state that wasn't part of the streamlined sales tax thing, <laughs> we actually set up manually. However, the streamlined sales tax website is a little clunky and what ended up happening is half of the states that we tried to set up through that never actually went through and so we had to go back to those states and manually set them up ourselves months later when we were just waiting for them to be set up and so I would actually recommend not using the Streamline Sales Tax uh, website to do those setups. I would just go directly to each individual state because what happens is even the ones that were able to be set up, they each state handles things differently. Some states send you a letter in the mail. So that letter would go to the client and then we didn't find out about it. So then we had to contact the state and get a new one sent. And then some of the states, you still have to go set up a login with that state outside of the streamlined sales tax system. And so when you put in that effort, it's like, I may as well have just set up the sales tax on my own directly with the state. So that would be my recommendation on that. Don't try to use the streamlined sales tax system. For some reason, we were just not successful with it. I would just go directly to each state individually and then you know exactly you have the confirmation that it has been set up and you have the login right away and you can manage all of that yourself that is my recommendation the last question you have in here is do you automate the filings with any of those or do you use them for tracking and then file the returns yourself so like i said before we try to set up every state on auto file with tax jar it does cost extra money it is worth the extra money to not have to do the filing yourself but the one thing I will say 
is occasionally you might run into issues with setting up the auto file. I do have one state on that one big e-commerce client that we have where it is a monthly item for me to go in, run the tax draw report, and then go to the state website and file and pay it. But it takes like 15 minutes. So not a huge deal. I wouldn't want to do that for all the states. Since it's one state, it's not a big deal. But the other piece of that that I will say is it is really important for you to have a quarterly process where you go in to the balance sheet and you reconcile the sales tax liability account because you can't really do this monthly because some states are going to be on a quarterly filing frequency. So I recommend doing this at the end of each quarter where you look at all of the payments that came out for that quarter end, whether it's a monthly payment or a quarter payment, and reconcile it to what that quarter end balance is in the sales tax liability account because it's never going to be exact and you need to make adjustments. So say you have five states that you are filing in. Maybe two of them are monthly filing and three of them are quarterly filings. So at the end of Q1, or we're at the end of the year, so we're just going to say in January, we're going to look at the balance as of December 31st. We're going to after Taxjar has filed all of the filings for Q4, we're going to pull all of those reports from Taxjar of all the filings that they made and what they remitted to the states. We are going to add all of those up, and then we're going to look at the sales tax liability account in Zero or QuickBooks or whatever software you're using with that client, and there's going to be a difference. 100% across the board, there's always going to be a difference because sometimes tax jar collects something different than or says you needed to collect something different and they remit something different than what was actually collected and booked onto your gl and this is also where you're going to find breaks in your workflow or integrations and so it's really important to do this level of work so you're going to look at the sales tax liability balance at the end of the year you're going to see maybe on the gl in zero or in quickbooks it's fifteen hundred dollars but all of the payments that were remitted to the states for the end of the year for December amount to $1,600. So you've actually remitted more than what was on the books. So you're going to adjust the balance sheet and book the difference to an expense account. And so we have created a sales tax expense account for our client because that's the difference. And then if it's a large difference, we have set up a threshold internally for this client where if it's under a $100 difference for the quarter end or whatever you decide it is, we don't dig into it. We just adjust it to the expense. If there's a large difference every time and it wasn't like you set up a new state and you had some back taxes to pay or anything like that, then you need to look at your systems and make sure that something's not broken and that your Shopify or wherever you're collecting the sales tax on the front end is actually calculating appropriately. And so that's what reconciling that account will help you do. So we kind of went into a sales tax lesson here, but I hope this was helpful. If you have any questions, we actually have something that you can record your own question for the podcast and have it answered either in a mini-sode or on a regular podcast if it ends up as a longer episode. If you go to speakpipe.com slash ambitious bookkeeper, you can record your own question and I will answer it on air for you. I hope that you found this episode helpful. I will link to resources in the show notes or below where you're watching this video if you're watching it on YouTube. And if you're not watching this on YouTube, go over to YouTube and subscribe and you'll get these mini-sodes in your YouTube platform. Talk to you soon.
Thank you to everyone who helps make this podcast possible. Content and interviews are produced by me, Serena Shu. Our intro and outro music is written and performed by my brother, Ian Gilliam. Editing is also by Ian using his awesome sound engineering skills along with Descript software. Hosting and publishing is by Buzzsprout. And you can check out the show notes for links to all of these amazing resources and resources mentioned in the episode. Be ambitious.